5: Nobody out. Three and two on Charlie. Jokic gets it across the timeline. Gets
2: a high pick and pop with Murray. Lindsey
5: breaking through.
2: Taken away by Nathan McKinnon. Two on two with Landis guy. He has
1: done it again. Vaughn Miller, ladies and gentlemen. Dop two hands. Nicole Jokic. Same me by Grubauer with the left pad. Oh, goodness gracious me. Take
0: One day away from the MLB trade deadline and two days away from the NFL Hall of Fame game. We'll be talking all that and more in the Denver Sports Podcast presented by Breckenridge Brewery, your official BSN Denver beer. I'm your host, Allie Monroy, and with me today, I've got A.J. Hafley, Ryan Koningsberg, Harrison Wind, and... BSN Rockies beat writer, Patrick Lyons. Welcome to the show, Patrick.
4: Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited.
2: Everything's been going great. So if anything goes wrong today, it's one hundred percent your fault.
4: Man. Wait, where where the, where is Drew? Drew's at the stadium. Uh he, he wasn't he's able working. to go. He's working. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. he's working. <laughs> I was on the yeah, road. Not really late. I was on the road for the, the past week and a half. So late. I think he's, uh, he needs to get back into the clubhouse and kind of feel the pulse, especially with the deadline coming up.
0: Yep, Patrick, mm. we're going to start right off the bat with you. Though the Rockies have won two of their last four games, including a huge win over the Dodgers Monday night, is Colorado going to be a buyer or a seller tomorrow?
4: I don't know if they're going to be either one of those, really? to be honest. Yeah. I,
0: I thought the obvious was a seller.
4: Seller, they should be sellers, I think, yep. at this point. But the problem is they don't have too many... Trade chips at the moment. Most of their older players are. Guys with you know a lot of money still in the books for 2020 next season, and if you look at the other trades that have been going down right now before the deadline, uh, teams have been very stingy and they haven't haven't been making too many big moves. Even though it seems like there are more teams in the hunt for the final wild card spot um, and less players available, there just doesn't seem to be you know any real impetus for teams to to make a move. Now there's no longer a, a second deadline at August 31st, and that's usually an opportunity for teams to take on additional money. So if it was you know this time last year, there would be teams around August 18th who would decide, fine, we'll take on Jake McGee's final $11.5 million owed to him over the next year plus. Or we'll take on extra money for Daniel Murphy or Ian Desmond, Brian Shaw, anyone like that. But with teams being stingy right now, it's going to be hard to really find um, anyone to trade with, unless you're talking about someone like Scott Oberg, who still has two more years of control and could really be a major piece for the Rockets. Going forward in the back of their bullpen.
2: Do you think that Charlie Blackman purposely got injured so he doesn't have to leave <laughs>
4: Coors Field? No, definitely not. Uh, if anything, that that hurts his value because now there's going to be teams that say, "Well, I, I don't want an, an right, injured player."
2: Exactly. That's what I'm saying. He didn't want to leave Coors. So he threw the bag on his back extra aggressively.
1: I would
4: give this like a seven out of ten on the conspiracy <laughs> likelihood scale. <laughs> well, I will say this: that after he had sat out Sunday's game, he still went to work out and then tweaked the uh, the upper back soreness and, and the tightness even more so. So even though he sat out oh, because yeah. he was banged up, he still saw fit to to exercise. That's and what
2: I'm saying. He's yeah, like, maybe, I gotta make this worse or else maybe, they're gonna trade me.
4: Maybe he sat out. Heard some rumblings, maybe
1: his agent got in his ear. Yeah, they're they're thinking about trading you then. All right, like we really gotta act like like we're injured.
2: I'm gonna do some extremely aggressive deadlifts right now and just see what happens.
4: I'm gonna do some really aggressive long toss right now. (laughs) Imagine this if he were to get traded to the Yankees, as as some of you may know, they have a no facial hair policy. How is that still a thing in twenty nineteen? A facial hair policy. It's yeah. it, when you've won twenty-seven World Series, you can kind of implement those things as part of your clubhouse culture. So give me a break. That is just unreal, man.
2: Do you think? Do, do the media try to uh, try to follow that path too? <sighs> that's a good
4: question. As far as facial hair goes, yeah. Uh, I'm, I I'm was just in the Yankees. If press if you would
2: have to sh- shave that fantastic mustache if you were covering the Yankees.
4: Why? Thank you very much. They did allow me in the press box with this, but I think they knew I was from Colorado, so that's why. Uh, they let me They're go like, by. Oh,
2: great, another hippie from Colorado. He's probably high
4: right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they would. As soon as I walked in, they would look down to see if I was wearing Birkenstocks with, with uh, sock sandals, but, but I was not. So, you might have to do that if if you happen to change markets to New York. Is, y- y- is Yankee Stadium the coolest stadium you've been to? Uh, it's I mean, up there. I guess it's Have you been to Fenway or, or Wrigley? I've been to Fenway and Wrigley. Uh, I would take Wrigley over all of them. The original yeah. Yankee Stadium, you know, was my favorite, and again. Put out a nice little article about that. The Yankee Stadium that's in use right now is the second Yankee Stadium. I don't know how many people are actually aware of this or not because it's been around for a decade now. But the original Yankee Stadium was a was a special spot. Just so much history there. You know, every former player that I talk to, they just glow about standing in the same batter's box as Babe Ruth or just taking that moment of, of looking around and soaking up the atmosphere or being told off by a small child when they <laughs> rebuff them for an autograph. That's always a great story. That. Players love telling.
0: East Coast for me would have to be Camden Yards, but
4: also a great one. That that really started the revolution of the of the new stadiums as well as, you know, Coors Field, which I know we're going to get to that. But uh, Camden Yards is is a fantastic one, no doubt.
0: All right, we'll get back on track. So the Rockies have two more games against the Dodgers. They did a great job and were dominant on Monday with John Gray pitching, one of his, his best start of the season. What are a few things you'll be watching for in these next two
4: games? Well, I really just think how the Rockies respond to the Dodgers really being the class of not only the NL West, but the entire National League, and really trying to reduce the, the amount of grinding that they do. That's been one of their biggest issues Um, on the road. They did very poorly with runners in scoring position frequently in the doubleheader against Washington. They were, I think one for 17 with runners in scoring position in those two combined games. So that's been, you know, the biggest issue, but you know, last night they, they struck through for, for nine runs. That was, that was huge. Um, John Gray, you know, stepped up in a big way and, and was, was dominant over eight innings. So, that's, that's really what the Rockies need to do is just kind of stay within themselves and, and just not, not grind it out too much and be, be too hard on themselves and do the little things. Like If you take care of the little things, the big things take care of themselves, and you saw that last night with their 9-1 victory.
2: You sound like Vic Fangio. Um, <laughs> real quick, if they somehow sweep the Dodgers, does it change the narrative? Are they back alive?
4: I don't think they're <laughs> dead. They're not dead. They're dead in the NL West. I don't think there's any way they're gonna do that. But But
2: from a confidence standpoint, like can that could that be something that turns around the
4: season? Oh, for sure, absolutely. Um, you know, we we still don't really know what this team is. You know, they they had a three and twelve run to start the season. Then most recently they had a two and thirteen run. So if you have two 15 game stretches where you play that poorly, frankly, you're not a very good team. So um, this team doesn't suck by any means. They still have all this talent that most of which they're going to bring back next year and and try to be contenders again in 2020. So. You know, I I think they they have a, a really good team and have a lot of potential to to stick around. So you know, a sweep of the Dodgers would definitely go a long way for that. And the Giants series even too. Their Giants are have moved ahead of the Rockies in the wild card hunt. So that that might even be even more important for them right now. Is baseball the ultimate
1: sport that can just change on a dime like that? More so than because there's
2: so much basketball
1: time. or. or, or Football or baseball. I feel like, or, or sorry, hockey. I feel like baseball is just the one that, you know, you can really suck for um, a month or two. And then I don't know if it's, you know, something in the clubhouse or whatever, but things just change. Well, I
4: don't think it, it happens on a dime, but it can happen where you can Maybe, be maybe out it, of it
1: seems like that at least.
2: You know? Sure. I right. mean, the Avs turned it around on a dime this year.
0: Yeah. Everyone counted them out and yep, they proved everyone wrong. Yeah.
5: I mean, they did it twice. They went from they were really, really good and then. They were god awful for two months and then they were good again. You know, I mean the the blues were last in the NHL in January. And then they flipped whatever switch it was and won the Stanley Cup. So sports are easy. That doesn't
0: happen. Sports are easy. That doesn't happen in football. <laughs> okay. Like, yeah.
2: Like you're 0 4, you're done. So <laughs> Yeah. I think actually the one one year that the Giants. Won the Super Bowl, they started really poorly.
5: It's becoming more of a thing in hockey, which is something that we're working on right now. Is that slow starts are no longer like death sentences. Yeah, it used to be if you were if you were out of the postseason like six weeks into the season, you had like a four percent chance to make the playoffs, and it just it was over for you. So a slow start it sets you up for a lost season. It's not the case anymore in hockey. So I don't know what the difference is, but. I, like I don't know if it changes Yeah, you know, I don't know if it's like magic or if it's just a team finds it chemistry coaching whatever it might be
0: just all clicks
5: yeah for whatever reason some things uh, come together and and these teams just figure it out and
2: go on crazy runs it's been the opposite for the Broncos they started like four zero, three and one three and one the last three years well those first it's couple weeks
5: much. of the regular season in football are meaningless because no one knows how to tackle yet. Well, and like like you don't know, you know, systems-wise, you don't know who's good yet. You haven't like found that sweet spot by like week eight or nine in the NFL. You, sh- you should really have a strong idea. Like these are the elite teams and then these are the good teams and these were the pretenders early on. Because you always get a couple every year. And Denver's like been that the last few years where if you stopped watching after week four – you would have thought Denver was great right, in were, all those seasons.
2: They were four and zero, and everyone wanted to extend Trevor Simeon.
1: Mm. Well, I'll never forget the Kyle Orton start. Oh yeah, six and zero. with that hail yeah. mary against like Cincinnati.
2: Yep, the tip pass to Brandon Stokely. Yeah, Ed Donatel, Ed Donatel and Brandon Stokely were talking about that at practice today because Ed Donatel, who's now the defensive coordinator, was the secondary coach for the Broncos at that time, and he was just talking. He's like you have no idea how happy you made me as a secondary coach by running around on the, on the goal line oh to try man. and run out the clock. He's like, because then we only had to deal with one Hail Mary. Like, they would have had two Hail Marys. Uh, and then, of course, I think the sixth game to make them go 6-0 and oh was against the Patriots, and that's when McDaniels was, like, fist-pumping up and down the oh sideline because he just beat Belichick. Uh, and then it all times. went down, and then they went, what, 2-8 and eight from there mm. on out.
0: Well, let's keep talking about football. The Broncos will be playing in the Hall of Fame game on Thursday. Now, there are a lot of people who are really excited that the Broncos got that Hall of Fame game. Then there's other people who don't really care. I want to hear your opinions on that. Ryan, we'll start with you.
2: Well, for me, it's another preseason game that I have to work. And <laughs> working preseason games absolutely sucks because there's it's the exact same amount of work as a regular season game. And yet the result matters not. So... Other than the fact that it's cool that they're going to be the only show in town, uh, and that means the whole world will have their eyes on Kevin Hogan, which to the whole world, I apologize in advance, uh, that you have to watch that. But other than that, it's, it kind of sucks because it's, a whole, it's another preseason game when the preseason's already way too long. Mm-hmm. Four games is too long of a preseason. Five games feels like torture.
0: Well, if you weren't covering the game, would you... If you weren't a beat writer, would you be excited to watch this game?
2: Um. So I actually just wrote this.
0: <laughs> uh, AJ's over here shaking his head. I just
2: wrote this in my story today that I'm writing about the preseason. I always compare the preseason to eggnog because it's the holidays, right? Mm-hmm. And you're walking through the store and you see eggnog in the milk area and you're like, oh. Eggnog. Yeah. I like eggnog. You think it's a good so idea. So you grab it and you put it in your cart and then you go and you get home and you take like a big old glass and you fill it all the way to the top with eggnog. And then you take a sip and you're like, oh yeah, eggnog. And then you take another sip and you're like, Done with I, this. Why did I pour this glass so big? And then you take another sip and you're like, <laughs> Alright, I've had my eggnog for the year. That's how I feel about the preseason. Like it's kind of exciting right now that there's going to be a real football game on Thursday. And I put real in in very light quotation marks. But once the game starts, like, there's going to be, like, six three-and-outs to start the game, and everyone's yeah. going to be like, oh, yeah, the preseason. We <laughs> yeah. hate this. And yeah. the, the fun goes away. It's
5: the same thing in all the sports, too. Like, I, I would say spring training is different because it's spring training is kind of an event in and of itself. Agreed. And your access to the players, and it's it's a unique experience. It's like that, a
2: camp. It's almost like summer camp. Yeah, games. it's it's
5: really cool. Uh, but the other three sports sitting through preseason games is actual torture for the people. <laughs> like, it's... We all have awesome jobs that we all really like, and we get to watch the highest level of our sports, and it's amazing, right? Except for the preseason.
1: Well, at least NFL preseason games are on TV, so you have the option of watching them. <laughs> yeah, well, right. There <laughs> are NBA Summer preseason League, games. Summer League, is cool, too. Summer League, yeah, it, it's great. It's also at least broadcasted on yeah. <laughs> cable. There are preseason games, and the Nuggets will have preseason games later this fall that won't be on TV. They're and are unviewable. You will have to log on to Reddit. Well, actually, Reddit took down their NBA streams. Oh, no. And yeah. so you will have to search uh, the dark web for some sort of stream. And then you're usually watching, like, the cam that's on the jumbo truck.
5: Yep. Uh, <laughs> it's the same thing
3: with wow, the NHL. that is so, so bad. So I'll I'll be, our
5: preseason.
1: So I'll be trying to watch Michael Porter Jr.'s debut, unless I'm at the game, to be determined, in Portland. Um, probably watching on a camera that's showing what's happening on the Jumbotron.
4: Yeah.
2: That's... Oh, my we gosh. Don't, gosh. And, and, you know, it's like... It's like closed circuit.
1: I almost
5: yeah. don't even mind that because the quality of play is so low. Right. Like And, and like, then you go to one, one of those preseason games, and with hockey, like, there's some excitement because there's a bunch of young prospects that you get to see that you almost never would get to see in an Avs jersey otherwise. That's exciting, like, twice. And then after that, they cut all those dudes. And you're like, oh my God. Like, you get halfway through the second period of a preseason hockey game, and you're like, oh my God, this is bad.
2: I will say this I'm excited to see Drew Locke. I'm excited to see Juwan Winfrey out there. Like, there are things about the preseason that you can look forward to. It's just as a product, it's awful.
5: It's really low quality.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm more, I'm like wondering how the Nuggets got the short end of the stick and had to play this game because. Like of what's going on with, with the Hall of Fame, oh, you mean right? The Broncos. Yeah, the Broncos. I I did that last <laughs> week did too. It last I think week. it's a thing now. It's
0: Denver, Denver. It's fine.
1: <laughs> but because of what's going on, like with the Broncos in the Hall of Fame, that's why they have to play in this well, game.
2: Just because they have to, they right. have Champ Ailey and right. Pat and so that right. it. If it's even, they kind of just pick a random team. But since they have two going in. Uh, it
1: made it easy. I feel them. like they should yeah. get like an extra draft pick or something for playing in this game because there's gonna be there's gonna be injuries that happen, I right? I guarantee true. you yeah, somebody is gonna totally get hurt. or yeah. something in this game that Touch is, too. is just an extra game.
0: Yeah, I mean, price. I would. S- <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily say it's the short end of the stick because Vic they got. Fangio loves it. They got extra practice time. Yeah. that's big for a new head coach, new offensive coordinator, new quarterback. That's like yeah, that's
2: yeah. A lot of coaches the practice time. It, the coaches would argue it's an advantage. The players are not. The a injuries fan. though
0: right. is a good.
4: But Ryan, figure. you get to fly into sunny Canton International Airport.
2: I certainly it's do not. <laughs> I will be flying into <laughs> Cleveland International Airport. I believe it's called Hopkins. And then I will be renting a car and then I will be driving to Sebring, Ohio, where Ooh. my Airbnb is. And then I'll be driving to Canton.
4: Nice. Limos everywhere you go, of course.
2: Uh, yeah, party bus. I, mean, I need a little most more space the- <laughs> than just a regular limo.
4: Most of the limos in Canton are probably sold out right now, I'm sure.
2: That's probably true. Very true. <laughs> I wonder how long that takes
5: to sell out the limos in Canton. Is it like there's like the one place and somebody makes the one call and like, okay, your six cars are sold out? Probably, and that's and like it's just over, like one one person makes a phone call, like done.
2: (laughs) I so I was I was under the impression that like Canton just kind of like uh how in cities if you build like a stadium somewhere it just like makes everything nice yeah because someone's like why the heck did they put the pro football hall of fame in canton i'm like well you yeah. just throw things in a remote location and then cool things appear around it everyone told me like "Nah, that's not really how it is in canton well like it's just it's how it worked here in denver oh yeah like they
5: threw course field in lodo
2: and now lodo is awesome
0: well, speaking of course, Field, we're going to talk about that right after I tell you guys all about Total Bev's 30% off deal. That's right, Total Bev is giving the BSN fam 30% off your purchase of $25 or more using the code BSN2019 online or on the Total Beverage app. Plus, Total Bev delivers to most of the metro area from Lakewood, Boulder, Aurora, Brighton, and they have the lowest prices in the state. On top of all of that, they now offer CBD products drinks gummies you can enjoy it all on your next visit don't let this offer pass you by guys order today and receive 30% off your purchase of $25 or more and better yet don't leave the comfort of your own home and get it delivered this week I've decided that instead of pinning you guys against each other two segments in a row we would talk a little more about culture and about Denver and actually in July In 1991, MLB owners approved the Rockies as a new NL franchise to start playing in 1993. So that was huge for this city and then building Coors Field in 1995. A few of you guys were here during that time, Ryan. What was that like finding out that Coors Field was coming to Denver?
2: Well, you know, uh, my memories of being three years old at the time are very, very vivid. (laughs) Uh, I have to say, I was doing all backflips right. about <laughs> the Rockies coming to Denver. I forgot
0: and, you were so young.
2: I uh, couldn't wait to hang out at all the bars around Coors Field.
5: <laughs> I was excited my about eyes
0: it. And, endlessly. How
2: yeah. old
5: were you? Uh, when they first started playing, I was five. Okay. So I was pretty excited about it just because my dad was a big baseball and and golf guy and so he was like oh my god we're gonna get a baseball team and
2: i can't even imagine how cool that must have been yeah like i actually really don't remember anything about that
1: well it's weird because
2: it's so weird to even think of what it was like to not have it and then the like celebration and just feeling of Mm -hmm. like oh we finally have one must have been so cool because as people know denver has baseball roots it's not as Mm -hmm. if they just said like here have the rockies now you know what baseball is like (laughs) Welcome baseball, to baseball. Right, right. Welcome to baseball. It's, if you there's guidebooks around the stadium if you need to understand how the game works. No, like Patrick can speak to this. There's a a rich, rich history of baseball in Denver even before the Rockies got here
4: yeah before the rockies it was the denver zephyrs was a triple a team at that point but even before then there was an illustrious history for the denver bears and they were a minor league affiliate for the yankees so there were a lot of really top talented players that came through denver before you know playing at yankee stadium um, i did a little bit of research on you know on exactly on this topic of like how deep does the history of denver baseball go and there was even a, a negro league team it wasn't a negro league team per se but it was a barnstorming team of negro league players players, led by Satchel Paige, they are called the Denver White Elephants, and they actually did some barnstorming in and around the Denver area. Can you
2: explain what that is for someone who doesn't know?
4: Barnst- is that like gift
1: exchange you do around <laughs>
2: Christmas? Not the White Elephant.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: barnstorming.
4: Barn so- well, essentially <laughs> various, you know, smaller teams, really before the the game was on a national level or at that point, you know, east of the Mississippi teams would get on trains and they would just stop at various towns and usually there would be a bar nearby and they would just play whatever team of locals was was there and of course that's that's how they would, you know, make money and Cincinnati Red Stockings was the first professional team. The Reds right now, if you look at what they've been doing this season they've had a different jersey for each one of their home stands because they're 150 years old and all the wow. patches on Major League Baseball say MLB 150 because the Cincinnati red stockings were that first team
2: right and then of course whenever the white elephants went city to city they would have a gift exchange
1: (laughs) (laughs) right from what somebody was telling me though when the rockies first got announced as like a franchise here the denver economy wasn't like thriving per se so it, it was tough because you were trying to sell tickets to a team that wasn't here to a city that like wasn't bustling but then once like the team came and you know, once people started getting into it, then it obviously took off. And like we we're talking about, the attendance was crazy.
4: Yeah. And in even, you know, two years after that initial season, when Coors Field opened in 95, the rock pile seats were only $1. So wow. that taps into exactly what you're talking about, keeping it affordable for families to be able to go to the game. Drew has has talked about this numerous times, you know, coming, coming from the other side of the state in Grand Junction. And when he would tell people that he was going down to Coors Field people would look at him and his parents like are you crazy like why would you go down there at the Coors Field and and Loda that's a that's a bad area yeah. mm-hmm. and that's what it was like in the early days of Coors Field before all the gentrification that's going on right now mm-hmm.
2: yeah I mean <clears throat> the old thing was like you don't go north of Coors Field like anything north where like Rhino is now or even like Blake Street Tavern like that was not a good place to be hanging out most of it was just rail yards at that point so um the inception of the rockies and and bringing coors field to denver is 100 percent why we look at denver the way we look at it now as this up-and-coming city with you know you go down there all you see is young people and great restaurants and all that stuff without the rockies maybe eventually that comes but just sticking Coors Field, which is such an incredible venue in the middle of downtown, completely made that process move
4: way faster. It's amazing to think that using your words, and you're right, it, uh, Denver is an up and coming city. That was 25 years ago when they got the franchise. You know, we're getting close to even 30 years when that announcement was first made, but yet Denver is still kind of on the upswing. It, 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 it takes go- time. Yeah, again, going back to that Cincinnati Red Stockings, 150 years. Baseball's been around for a long time, but Denver's still kind of a new kid on the block in more ways more ways than one.
2: And our interstate system is not exactly prepared to handle that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, also in July, July sixth in two thousand, uh, Kroenke announced the acquisition of the Denver Nuggets and the Colorado Avalanche. So AJ um, Harrison, how big was that for the city?
5: Um, I mean, that was I was living in Texas by then. But uh, the, the ownership stability for the ABS I know, was, was a really big piece of that uh, because they had been, you know, just in the, that couple of years, they'd been through multiple ownership groups. And, you know... A, Do you know why? No. I'm too young for that. But it was, it was... They just didn't have that much money. And then the Cronkies rolled in and they had, you know, they got that Walmart cash and... There you go. You know, and, and they had the Pepsi Center and they they just sort of set up shop. And now you look at it and all the infrastructure that they've invested in between the Pepsi Center, um, their own TV station, their own radio station. You know, the Cronkies have built like a little mini sports empire here in Denver, you know, and they've they famously have talked to the Mumford's about trying to buy the Rockies. And the Mumford's were like, no, we're good. <laughs> And, you know, they've tried to talk about it in their quest to get an NFL team. They wanted they, they talked to the Broncos and, you know, now they have the Rams, so they're good. But it's it's really just about the stability that they've brought and how much they've invested in the development of, you know, Pepsi Center and the area around it. They own the land of uh, they own, you know, where, where Elich's is now. And they've already started talking about all the redevelopment that they want to do down there because, amusement parks are ugly. Well, they're they're,
1: you know, very 30 years ago. Yeah. And Especially in, when they when they're in the middle of downtown.
0: Yeah. It's so <laughs> weird to see it when you like move It's an here. eyesore
2: on the skyline. You're like, "Wow, the Denver skyline is so beautiful." And then you like pan a little bit to the right and there's just like yellow old rides <laughs> and like broken down pirate ships.
1: People that people that work for the Nuggets will talk about this because their offices just face yeah, you They'll be like, yeah, I can tell you exactly like how each of those slides operate. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> because I'm staring out my window at them like, all day. I,
2: they're like, I know the pitch of a child screaming on the mind right. eraser versus uh, the Tower of Terror. I can tell you called. when you should Tower get online
1: doom. for the mind eraser. Yeah, <laughs> the peak times two to two thirty. That's the money shot.
0: Yeah. With that development, I heard they were thinking of adding public school library even more parks just like overtaking that entire area including over where the broncos um are like kind of that industrial side of things which that would be huge for the city
2: and then the broncos are doing their whole development kind of like what the rockies are doing right now with the whatever it's called mcgregor yeah square, whatever that project McGregor is square called. Uh, <laughs> they're putting in like an entertainment district or whatever you want to call it right next to yeah. course the broncos want to do the exact same thing in the guess it would be the southwest lots of the stadium there's more parking lots around uh Mm -hmm. mile high than they really need so they're going to take a chunk of that put in bars Uh, ali you know this because they've done a similar thing out there in philadelphia Mm -hmm. and it's awesome and it's so cool
0: they have this area that's the xfinity live and all the stadiums are right next to each other so you can go and tailgate hockey games, basketball games, <laughs> baseball games, and football games. And then if you don't have tickets for the game, you just go into Xfinity Live and it's just a like 10 restaurants. They have a mechanical bull. They have just all, so many bars and it's just a fun way to stay in that area.
4: A friend of mine just recently told me about it. So on my way to the Philly airport on Saturday, I drove right through there yeah. and it's it was fantastic. It's where the old spectrum used to be at where mm-hmm. you know, Flyers, Sixers, the Philadelphia Phantoms, you know, used to play right there. It's fantastic. With with the McGregor Square situation, that was land that was given to the Rockies because their deal at Coors Field was up. So the city said, Well, if we're gonna keep you around, um we, we have to give you something, you know, enticing for you to stay. So here you can have this parcel of land to build this and now that That uh, regenerated the new 30-year contract for the Rockies to stay here in town. You say the Broncos have a lot of land and property in the parking lot. Is it is it enough that they could you know do something similar to that or is there any additional land nearby that the city could give them to entice them to stay?
2: Um, I don't know exactly the answer on all of that. There's been discussions of, of, very light discussions of if the Broncos were ever to build a new stadium, it wouldn't be there. Now, it wouldn't be out of Denver, but the idea would be, and this is again years and years in, in the future, would be to maybe move it East of Denver towards the airport to just, for the same reason, just to extend Denver. You know, like Denver keeps getting so much bigger and bigger and bigger. You go out and put a football stadium out there. Well, all of a sudden that's a development. So you think that that kind of works, but
5: you look at Glendale is a great example of you got to be real careful with that. Oh, yeah. Because they put that stadium out and put it too far. Yeah, well, yeah. and and it's right next to Gila River Arena. You know, they're right across the street from each other. Mm-hmm. And they've got a development, uh, a similar development like the one in Philly where it's – they've Yeah, it's cool. It's, we were there. We did a BSN meetup there before yeah, the Broncos-Cardinals game. It's like, a, it's like a little mini Vegas strip type mm-hmm. thing, you know, where you can do anything that you want. Like, right there in the area, there's there's tons of entertainment right there, but it's so far outside of Phoenix that it's just like,
2: well, and it this de- sucks. It deters the people from inside of Phoenix to going out there, and that's why I have terrible attendance and all those games, because they're like, I don't want to get in traffic and drive for an hour just to go to the game. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, for us, you know, we fly into
5: Phoenix, and it's like, you get a car, and then you drive to Glendale. Yep. And yep. And it's like, this is garbage. I, I flew into Vegas
2: and drove from there, because I was like, well, oh, this is more fun. I got a ride from one of our subscribers. Shout out Nacho Brad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, I'm really curious to see what the Cronkies do with the Iowas area.
5: Yeah, because they've talked about you know their their practice facility for the Avs is at Family Sports Center,
1: and their practice facility for the Nuggets is non-existent. Well, in, it's in, in, the, in stadium. the stadium, oh well, yeah, but but in, in this day and age in the NBA, everybody now has their own separate standalone facility with three courts and. Yeah. And even then and what a G you guys team. have
5: that a G League team. Like, what you guys have is significantly nicer than what the abs have to sit through. Because it's a like if you've ever been to Family Sports Center.
1: Never been. They like, have to walk through like you'll know, a rundown
2: like, arcade to get right. to their eyes. And it's like and
5: there's like there's like like uh carnival rides. You oh, know, yeah. like there's the little thing you walk in and immediately to your right is literally Lollipop Park. Right. <laughs> well <laughs> So it's like it's like this old facility that was built and owned by Claude Lemieux <laughs> in, in the mid in the mid nineties when they first moved here. Yeah. And it made a lot of sense. It's but free, like right? it's it's Does not make sense anymore. And like for an NHL team, I'm always like, okay, so if they're gonna like bring a big time free agent in here who's gonna like go on a tour of their facilities or whatever, they've gotta go to Lollipop freaking park. Exactly. Like it's embarrassing. They need a real facility. They need multiple ice, they need multiple ice sheets, they need multiple (laughs) basketball courts. And because they're right next to the Pepsi Center, it makes the most sense. They own both of the teams. They own all of the land. What do you need an amusement park for? Just build your practice facility there. And then turn, you know, when the, when the teams aren't using them, you can use those sheets as, as, you know, set up rec leagues and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then do the same thing with the basketball courts. Like, it's it's insane that the Avs are a professional franchise and they're running their practices <laughs>
1: out of family sports center. It is maybe if they just changed the name it would seem a little better. Family,
2: family <laughs> well, what they need to do is pitch it to the free agents as, "Oh, and by the way, your Great young daughter, your, your young daughter can hit up Lollipop Park." Lollipop while Park. You're... Park. Well, you know, it's when, insane.
1: When dude. Pepsi Center was built in 99 having a practice gym inside your arena was, like, groundbreaking. Right, like, that was a because players deal. can just live right next to it like many of them do. Right, and, you, like, not a lot of teams had a practice court in their arena. I don't even know if any did in 99, but now, I mean, it's very outdated. It's just, like, one court. Well, they've
5: it, been updating. You know, they've been spending for sure. a lot of money on Pepsi Center. For sure. They redid all the seats a few years ago. They obviously have the Megatron in there. But uh, I'm sure
1: they would like to build a whole new arena. I'm, well, I mean, it's there. Sometimes they, they own it.
4: Yeah. Ironically, the person who could fix all of this is Stan Crunkey because he also owns the Colorado Rapids, and we talk about, you know, some a parcel of land near the airport, I'm sure he owns a lot of that land out there in and, and Aurora and, and uh, whatever, oh, Commerce so City. Keep all the he have downtown, all that. please. Yeah, I right.
0: agree. Seriously. I like that everything
4: could happen.
2: downtown. We just got the, and it could. But we just talked about all the benefits of having it downtown. And I think once yeah. they build that entertainment district for the Broncos, you're also going to see some of that area on federal start to get nicer Better you know, just the way Jackson. just the way it happens because there's an attraction there right now the act- a little less stabby <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right now the only attraction is in that area is the stadium and mm-hmm. some really good Mexican food yeah. but once you put that there and you start attracting millennials into that area they're gonna want to start building nicer places around there and you know people can have the debate whether that's a good or a bad thing but just keep the teams downtown it's one of the coolest things about Denver I think
0: I agree after the break, we're going to get to everyone's favorite segment, Who Won the Week? So be sure to stay tuned.
3: Hey, guys, it's Allie and Lindsay here, and we want to talk to you about our new favorite wine subscription. It is Winester. The best thing about Weinster is that they work with small wineries. You know BSN loves supporting small local businesses, and Winester is just that, supporting real people making real wine. These guys will curate a hand-picked shipment for you from the best small wine producers in the U.S. US.
0: this segment is just completely owned by bs and avalanche as they've won on the polls twice
2: BSN and like avs fans are just so awesome yeah. i always talk about it and so they're just gonna be hard to beat because they just band together on everything
5: yeah they just well they just really really like winning and they
2: really <laughs> want like hockey
5: elevated at all costs <laughs> So they're like, oh, I don't care about the arguments, and I don't care who really won the week. What's that hockey? Hockey, hockey won the week.
0: Yep, I mean this week or last week, uh, JT Comfort. <laughs> That they won. <laughs> Comfort did not won win the, the
2: week.
5: week.
0: JT Comfort won the week <laughs> by forty-five percent of the vote. JT
5: Comfort signed a fourteen million dollar deal. Homie's just you fine. You weren't
0: even that stoked on it. Mm. <laughs> you didn't even give like. I a mean, really passionate. I'm, I'm excited for about him
5: personally. It. I just don't know that he was like Denver's big sports winner of the week.
4: What was his comments when he heard about his big victory? <laughs>
5: uh, I don't believe he has anything to say.
0: <laughs> Vic Fangio, thirty-three percent. All right. Nikola Jokic, seven. Okay. I'm
1: surprised Jokic got 17%. And poor... I really pulled that one out. Poor
0: Herman Marquez. Poor Rockies. 5% of the votes.
5: People are just (laughs) mad about the Rockies right now. So that's they're showing up in the polls like that.
0: (laughs) Well, this week again, 60 seconds. I'm going to have each of you go around and tell me why a player or why your team deserved the spotlight this week. And then I'm going to play a horn sound to stop you guys from talking so we'll see how this goes um let's have aj go first
5: so my abs winner of the week i'm gonna go with sample ranta because Uh, who that's a player he's at the world (laughs) junior uh summer showcase right now spell it yeah s-a-m-p-o-r-a-n-t-a
4: Pretty easy. I eh. have to trust you on that, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, uh,
5: so Sam Ranta, he's a Finnish prospect, and he was a he's third a round finished
2: pros- product or a, a finished he's prospect. A
5: Finnish prospect oh. playing for Team Finland right now at the World Junior Showcase. Uh, he was like their the the last guy off of the gold medal winning WJC team last year, uh, where he went but didn't get to play for them, so he just kind of had to watch, and so he's trying really really hard to make you the got team 20 this seconds. year. And he scored a couple of goals in their opening couple of games, and uh, he's on the inside track to make f- another medal-winning Finland team in the WJCs this year. So, in a summer where nothing is going on in Avsland right now, I give and get to Sampo. Really quick.
0: Okay, well, you beat, you beat the time. Who, who is he? <laughs> What does he do? <laughs> where does
2: is, is he related to he's the Avalanche? He's a, pros, he's
5: a finished prospect. He's a Fitch prospect. He was drafted enough? in the third round in 2018. He goes to the University of Minnesota mm-hmm. where he's beginning his sophomore season. Uh, he's an electric offensive talent. It's just. The question is, can he put all of the tools together? Because if he does, he'll be a huge steal for them. It would be sweet if you could have
2: Ranta and Rantanen on yeah. the
5: same line. Well, and they could. Uh, they could be left wing, right wing. It's a it's Oof. a real possibility. Mm. And he's a guy that skating-wise can keep up with a McKinnon in terms of his speed. So he's he's an electrifying guy. It's just that we don't know if he can put it all together. but. At the Junior Showcase right now, he is. He's, he's at a really, really great start, and it's nice to see for a, a kid that not a lot of us are big believers in.
4: Okay, well, Ryan, Ryan, your follow-up question just gave him a better opportunity to to, to have won the week. He's going to win the more week than no that. matter what. So no, this, matter. this will be
0: the real test for ABS fans. If AJ wins the week this week, we'll know.
4: With a guy that's also a Street Fighter character, apparently. What's yeah. his name? Sam Ranta. Street <laughs> Fighter.
2: I'm thinking like Samson from uh, Super Smash Bros. Right? Wasn't that
1: a character? No. <laughs> I think so. Like the, the later Samson? versions. Not the N64 version. Uh, the not one that like charges up its
2: thing and then it can
1: shoot. You mean Samus? Ah, see
2: yeah, that? How Samus. far off is that? <laughs> it was How far off? Samus was kind of a beast.
5: Uh, Samus, Samus, Aran has been around since the '80s, dude. The I fact that the fact that you thought that that was Samson, you don't get anything
2: remotely near credit for
5: I that. I get credit.
0: Adrian exactly. had credit. no idea what you were talking so, yeah. about, so no credit.
2: I'm now excited about <laughs> Samson. There are, Samson there, are and there are two Samuses too. So, oh, yeah.
5: I uh, really I don't really get close. credit for that. I was
2: close enough.
0: All right, we're gonna move on. All get,
1: get us back in line. Yep,
0: get back, girl. That's <laughs> that's my title now. Gbg. All right. Harrison, why why do the Nuggets win this week?
1: Nuggets won the week because Jamal Murray signed his contract extension, and it was agreed upon. Uh, like as soon as free agency began back on June 30th, but he officially signed it uh, last week. I think at his home with uh, his family was there. Tim Conley was there, and th- I mean the reason like that this is big for the Nuggets is because now Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic are now locked in long term to five and four year deals. So the Nuggets thinking here is that if we have a core of Jokic and Murray surrounded by the right pieces, like if we just have those two guys locked in and, and we fill out the roster the right way, we're going to be contending for the Western Conference Championship. You know, for the next four or five years. And I probably share that belief as well.
5: I feel well, like how, if if MPJ develops the way that we think he could, the Murray deal only being four years is... It's five years. It's five years? The Murray deal. Okay. So I feel like... So how much? How many years does MPJ have left on his rookie deal? Two years?
1: Well, I don't think
2: it, he accrued a year. You don't accrue a year. No, don't you, all, you do too. accrue
1: a year. Oh. Um, but six he's six. still technically a rookie this coming season so So he'll have this season and then two more years of team options which you got to think denver would pick up even if he's still a little injury prone so he'll be here for the next three years so not
5: so they can they can kind of if he develops into the star that they think he is they can kind of avoid the major 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 money to three different guys right for a few years
1: and he'll be on that rookie deal you know for the entirety of that yeah. contract, so for the next three years. So
2: does that make the Nuggets window the next three years? I mean, in terms of well, real championship potential? Because I think to be a a real, real championship contender, they need MPJ to become at least close to what those two guys are.
1: I don't think it's that, like, cut and dry. Okay. Like, I don't think they necessarily need MPJ to you know become you know that third banana like they could have banana him in a boat reference <laughs> they could they could just have him as a you know contributor in the starting lineup even coming off the bench I think and they you know could be contenders for for the title like their window is definitely open now but I feel like it's going to probably be open you know after those contracts run out because I mean I don't think Jokic is going anywhere and if you have him you know, just surrounded by the right pieces, you're going to at least probably put yourself in somewhat of a conversation. Is their championship contention
5: more reliant upon Jamal Murray taking another step than MPJ?
1: Yeah, just because, you know, Murray's much more of a sure thing than Porter is at this point. There's much more of a likelihood, I think, that Murray takes that next step than there is that Porter – you know, gets to the level where Murray's at right now probably.
2: What does Jamal yeah. have to do to be to live
1: up to that contract? Um, the biggest thing would probably be just be more consistent. How do, how does he get that? You get that with age. You know, you you get that just being in the league for longer and longer. Like he would have nights last year where he'd shoot ten of fifteen from the field for twenty eight points and, you know, have a great fourth quarter, zero turnovers, and then 48 hours later, he'd go 3 of 15, you know, and miss a lot of big shots and have a bunch of head-scratching turnovers. So consistency is probably the biggest thing with him. It's the same thing with a ton of young players. And then, um, you know, I'd say defensively he's got to be better too. Like he should be a good defender at like 6'4 with... You know, Shouldn't get cooked by Derek White. Yeah, pretty decent wingspan. He, he's got to get better defensively.
4: If he doesn't continue his growth, do you think he's still worth that contract
1: probably not like if he stays at this level right now yeah or maybe even just a notch above probably not um but i mean that's
2: a superstar level contract or at least a star level contract
1: yeah and the nuggets are banking on that he's gonna take a couple more steps you know he's 22 right now he won't turn 23 until february and like what he did in the playoffs last year nobody has really done that at 22 you know since Damian Lillard or or you know going back a few years in like 2013 2014 so i mean he should take a few steps up for sure and then denver's banking that he will so he needs to find the middle ground between
5: the two jamal murrays we saw in game 2 against san antonio
1: yeah definitely where
5: it was like oh my god this is the worst point guard in the nba and then a solo act that wins them a
1: game. where he was getting played off the floor for the first seven quarters of that series and yeah. then really saved denver season in the yeah. fourth quarter <laughs> yeah
4: i'd say yeah
0: all right patrick we'll move on to you why do the rockies deserve to win the week
4: the Rockies and They don't move on. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's Thank mean. You. That was that was
4: quick. Quicker than I thought. No, I'm I'm gonna get some votes here. I'm gonna do my best. The Rockies and John Gray okay. won the week because the Rockies have got themselves an ace. Now, oh, I
0: don't know if you wanna be throwing that word. Well, around, let me John Gray.
4: let me let me finish here. Uh, John Gray might not be an ace in the true parlance of the word as far as one of the top. 10 to 15 pitchers in all of baseball. But they have a guy now who is their top of the rotation starter. Yes, he's had some hiccups. Obviously, we saw that last year with him getting demoted back down to Albuquerque. But we saw that with Cal Freeland. And if John Gray can bounce back as well as he did, he can certainly impart some of the knowledge that he got onto Kyle Freeland and continue with that growth. I think with the Rockies being out of the hunt a little bit, that's allowed him to really continue the growth that he's had with what he worked on in the off season. A lot of mental stuff, a lot of uh, stuff with his nutrition and keeping the weight on like he's been. So John Gray... Time's up is that right where allowed. the Rockies need him to be. I
0: don't want to kill the So listeners.
4: a lot of low-pressure situations. The listeners probably right. didn't even hear it.
0: Well, time, there was a horn. I was looking out for you guys, listeners.
5: <laughs> he's, he's thriving as the expectations are shedding from the team. That's awesome. Well,
2: that's not necessarily true. I mean, he's been solid all year, even when the expectations were high. Yeah, and it... <laughs>
0: I'm I'm nervous to give him that title though.
4: He's he's gonna be the, the top guy in the rotation. It doesn't mean he might not have some hiccups along the way, but right now he's got a three eight eight ERA and he's been dealing with the these juice baseballs a lot better than anybody else has. Yeah. He's been very consistent and he went out and he he shoved last night against those Dodgers and we saw early on in the game in the second inning, he walked two straight hitters, Bellinger was on second base and he struck the next three guys out. Dominant.
5: It was awesome. I, I, and then, but he still walked the first two guys.
2: Everyone's gonna walk a couple guys.
5: Yeah, it's just so many of John Gray's problems are so are created by John Gray. But it wasn't a problem. And not this time. And that's we've got years of it being more of a problem than not. So. I'm not I'm not buying it for me.
4: Eight um, innings, one earned run without the his best. best lineup stuff. It was great. Yeah. In the, in hey, baseball.
5: It, was, it was a great night for him. Not, not I'm not saying it wasn't, but I'm not
2: I'm not buying
0: it. I'm not as far as AJ. I think
2: I'm not buying all that. Here's what bothers me about the Rockies rotation is that it's like my golf game. Like why can't you get Freeland Marquez and Gray going all at the same time? Like why can't you get the driver, the irons, and the putter working all on the same day? It just never works that way. That's so frustrating because if you had this gray with last year's Freeland and Marquez, like you're talking about a you team win the NL that's, West. That's, yeah, they're com- at least competing with the Dodgers right now to win the NL West.
4: In addition to the final two months of the season, you still have three more years of all three of those guys, Gray, Marquez, and Freeland, returning for the Rockies. So they've got a few more bites of that apple to have them all click at the same time. And answer answer this trivia question. Who is the only Rockies player to win ten or more Wins in a season in four consecutive seasons. Does John anybody Grace. know? It's John, John Gray. gray. Oh has my gosh, you guys her. are so smart. We're,
1: we're all we're all on Twitter here. <laughs> um, my my question is for for the for the group here is who are you taking long term out of those pitchers? If you could only choose one guy, is it clearly Gray now?
2: No, it's her mom. Yeah, yeah I would her say mom. mom. Yeah, that's all what
1: right, that's what I, I thought. That's mom. what I would he still has, think like, too. He has like Cy Young
2: level ability.
4: In Agreed. Yeah, Mar- Marquez is, is that top guy. He's not right now this exact moment, but if we're talking about who won the week right yeah. now here in the final week of yeah, we July. get away from the week. <laughs> John Gray And the Colorado Rockies have won the week. You might get 6% of the vote this week.
0: 6%, yeah. Thank you. Well, you were the first person I got to use my little horn on, so I was really excited about that. But, Ryan, we'll move on to you. Why do the Broncos deserve to win the week?
2: I actually think Hannah B. wins the week for captivating millions across the country
0: with a two-night finale of The
4: Bachelorette. Who? Who? That's part of his these. time. That's his time. I mean, right. yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> you. We'll say 20 seconds off your time. We're, you save the Bachelorette takes for the BSM Broncos. Pod. So
2: AJ talked about a guy who might be good. Harrison talked about a guy who should be good. Patrick talked about a guy who has been good. But what about the greats? That's why the Broncos win the week. Because. Th- they are celebrating people who have already accomplished something, and that's Champ Bailey mm. and, of course, Pat Bowen as they get inducted into the Hall of Fame this weekend. Champ, Champ one of the greatest cornerbacks of all time. Mm. Uh, unbelievable player to watch. The, the accomplishments are off the chain. And, then of course, Pat Bolin, one of the greatest owners in sports, period, uh, since he took over the Broncos yeah, way back seconds. when. So they win the week because they get to go to Canton, and Broncos fans and Broncos country and really Colorado as a whole because we talked about all that stuff earlier. Pat Bowen is a big part of making sports a thing in Colorado. So they get to celebrate those guys, and they finally get some more people with gold jackets in the Hall of Fame. They deserve a lot more. Mm. And Champ. because
1: of that, they have to play an extra preseason game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I didn't get to cover Champ
2: Bailey or Pat Bowen. I got to cover bad football teams the last three years, and then I also now have to uh, – in their uh, fifth
4: preseason. So they both won and lost this week. In your opinion?
2: No, I lose the week. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm I, really don't. Win, I get to go to Canton. Ryan Canyon. loses. I get to I get to tour uh, the facility or the uh, the Hall of Fame, which will be really cool. I might even hit up the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame while I'm there as well, Ooh. which is in Cleveland, where I'm flying
4: into. The downtown Canton TGI Fridays, I hear, is great. Has, that has the highest reviews on Yelp I'm pretty sure I, I'm not, I don't
2: think I, you're joking
3: I really would see you knowing
0: that type of stat
4: <laughs> no stat. comment
0: stat 4.3 review, war
2: whatever. on uh, fan graphs for food no where I'm actually looking for a good place to go after the gold jacket dinner on Friday to meet up with some BSNers on Friday night so if anyone knows about the TGI Fridays in downtown Canton and, uh, what's the
1: gold jacket dinner
2: so the gold jacket dinner is, it, the, obviously the enshrinement ceremony is what you see on TV. Yeah, That's when they all give really long, boring speeches and cry and stuff. Um, the gold jacket dinner is kind of the more, like, it's, it's when they first get to have their gold jackets. Mm. So it's like the real, like, moment that they get to slip into that jacket that's perfectly fitted to them. And it should be really, really cool to see that. So
1: Gold jacket or green jacket, which is cooler?
2: Hmm. I'd rather okay. have a green
1: jacket.
4: Green, because I didn't even know that it was a gold jacket for the football hall of fame. <laughs> really, it, it rings a bell now that you say that. But yeah, the green jacket. Yeah, green jacket probably a little more versatile.
2: True. Green jacket also comes with like a ten million dollar purse. True, but
1: it doesn't come with a bust. That's there true. You know, we got
2: all the
0: arguments here.
2: I like the gold jacket. I just think it looks I like cool. the
0: gold jacket too.
2: But the green, uh, the significance. Uh, I just yeah, as a golfer, the green jacket would mean more to me. How dare you! <laughs>
0: Andre is very upset with Ryan for choosing that. (laughs) All right. Well, as always, be sure to let us know who you think won the week. I'll be putting a poll on Twitter. and We'll be talking about that next week. And be sure to subscribe to the Denver Sports Podcast feed. Right now, you guys are getting all of these on all of the main channels. So be sure to subscribe. And I think that's all we got for this week. For Ryan Konigsberg, Patrick Lyons, Harrison Wind, AJ Hafley. I'm Mally Monroy. Tucked away from the city, Raccoon Creek is your go-to golf course. Their location in Littleton provides more than just a beautiful golfing experience. They have the perfect setting for year-round events with unbelievable
3: views. It's a fun place to have golf,
5: but it's a different atmosphere, and it's a really nice course. And it's fast greens. They have a good crew there, so it's always in good shape. They're having uh, comedy shows. They got like this really cool fire pit in the back now. It's changed a lot. There's a whole, whole new patio
3: that has like the best views in Colorado. I think you can just see the mountains. To the golf course, you know, kind of like cheers. So everybody knows your name and your handicap
0: That was Todd. He's been golfing at Raccoon Creek for years now, and it's his favorite golf course in the area because of the environment that they've created. Raccoon Creek has embraced technology, adding golf board rentals to their course, as well as updating their golf carts to be equipped with GPS that provides score updates of sporting events and live scoring for outings and tournaments. They also have an app where you can schedule tee times, receive happy hour specials and stay up to date on all of their upcoming events download their app today and receive a free bucket of balls or check them out online at raccooncreek.com